What is the Antietam Institute and why should you pay attention? I'm Chris Mikowski, and today on the Emerging Civil War podcast, we're going to talk with historian Brad Gottfried about an exciting new initiative coming to us from the banks of the Antietam Creek. Today on the Emerging Civil War podcast. We'd like to just give a little shout out to the fine folks at Civil War Trails. Our friends there have been doing a fantastic job during the age of the pandemic where folks need to kind of stay isolated or stay outside. They have provided the largest open air museum in the world with more than 1,200 sites across five different states. If you go to their website, civilwartrails.org, you can download 15 different trail maps across five different states that will explore Civil War history from the big picture all the way down to the small, intimate, personal. Civil War Trails is a fantastic organization. I'd love to have you get involved. Find out more at civilwartrails.org. Welcome to the Emerging Civil War Podcast. I'm Chris Mikowski, and joining me this morning is my friend, Brad Gottfried. Brad, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Chris? Doing fantastic on this chilly January morning as we're talking. Yeah, (laughs) the South looks very good these days. (laughs) Indeed, it does. Brad's here to talk to us today about an exciting new initiative that's going uh, going on up in the Antietam battlefield, the new Antietam Institute. Brad, what is this really cool sounding project? Thank you. It's a great opportunity to talk about this this new entity. Uh, Thank you, Chris, for that opportunity. When you think about the Eastern Theater, Gettysburg obviously is number one uh, in terms of interest, but a close second uh, would be Antietam. And a group of individuals who were very interested in the campaign got together and said, you know what? We should form an organization that really promotes the study and scholarship relating to the Maryland campaign of 1862. And that's really how it came about. You know, there's a there's a Gettysburg Foundation. There are other foundations. There are other organizations that promote the study of other campaigns and battles. And we thought, you know, Antietam really deserves to have its own. And so really, that's how it came about. And it's amazing because in we're talking the organization is less than a year old. We have now over 170 members. We've had a conference. We've had two publications. A third is coming out very soon. So we're and we've we've. Uh, donated money to um, to charitable causes, so we're really moving very nicely, and it's it's an exciting enterprise. And uh, as our conversation goes on today, we're going to help people understand how they can get involved with the group, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But I want to backtrack to something you said a minute ago about how people sort of have Gettysburg in the forefront of their mind, and then Antietam's a close second. But to me, like Antietam is not a battle or a battlefield that should stand in anybody's shadow, uh, mm-hmm. considering the significance of it. Tell me a little bit about that. Why do you consider Antietam to be so absolutely important? Well, it's definitely Lee's first invasion of the North. In fact, you know, there's always a controversy. What was the turning point of the Civil War? Was it Vicksburg? Was it Gettysburg? Was it Antietam? And uh, I'm a little biased because not, not only am I um, 
part of the Antietam Institute, but I'm also a, an Antietam battlefield guide. And you know that that uh, Emancipation Proclamation really played a major role in in changing the the outcome of the war, from my perspective. Um, so that um, and just Lee's first invasion of the North, you know, uh, and many people, if you ask them about, well, when did Lee invade? They will say, oh, in 1863, in June of 1863. And it, it's interesting, also. Um, and I, I'm not bemoaning this, I think it's really neat that the two battlefields are cl relatively close together. And so you'll, we'll get a, a guest who's taking a battlefield tour with one of the guides and we'll say, well, you know, where are you staying? And they'll say, they'll tell us invariably, well, we're, our, we're visiting Gettysburg and we decided to uh, take a side trip to Antietam. And it's fine, it's great. I think if we were more isolated, that probably would not happen. So it's, there's sort of a spillover in that regard. And um, you know, one of the projects that I'm involved with is, and I may have mentioned this to you, um, I'm, I'm doing a book on a comparison of Lee's two invasions. And it is fascinating the similarities and the dissimilarities between the two campaigns. Just to compare the two of them is really enlightening. So I, I think if people start thinking about not Gettysburg separate from Antietam, but how they all relate to each other, I think they get a much broader sense of, of the war and Lee's strategy. And I think it's just fascinating to look at the, uh, the cast of characters that shows up in uh, Antietam versus the cast of characters that shows up in Gettysburg. Um, two, well, I should say four completely different armies, you know, if you really think about it that way, because uh, of the changes that take place there. Oh, so, amazing, yes. Now, one of the things that you've been studying, and this kind of ties back to the Antietam Institute, is um, on the brigade level, uh, you've done a lot of work uh, both in Gettysburg and in Antietam so on the brigade level. Um, and as part of the Antietam Institute's new initiative, uh, you guys actually have a new book on the brigades of Antietam. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly. Well, many people may be aware, or hopefully they are, of my Brigades of Gettysburg book. And that came out probably oh, at least 10, 12 years ago. You know, a really fat book. Um, I think it was almost 700 pages. I wrote that thing all by myself. And when you think about it, over 100 brigades or pretty close to 100 uh, brigades at Gettysburg, the core, the divisions, um, you know, it took a lot of time, as you can imagine. So I became a, a battlefield guide at Antietam just a couple of years ago. And uh, the Institute started and we were looking for projects. And one of the areas that I thought would be of interest would be to do a companion volume of the brigades of Gettysburg. And so now we have, hopefully there's not too much of a glare, the brigades of Antietam. And I got smart on this one, Chris. Uh, <laughs> rather than doing everything myself, every single, um, Brigade, which would have been interesting. You can see I'm the editor of this one. So I wrote quite a few of the brigade entries and the um, other level entries, but I work with so many talented people. I've met so many talented people who have a passion for the Iron Brigade, the Irish Brigade, Hartsuff's Brigade, et cetera. And I said to myself, why am I trying to portray what these brigades did when I can bring someone in who really has that interest, that background, that experience, and let them, you know, express their passion. So that was one level. 
And a second level is, and we all know this, Chris, uh, you know, you know, probably better than I, how many people do we know who have a passion for some aspects of Gettysburg or any aspect of history, but they've never written anything. They need encouragement. They need a little push. And so most of the individuals who contribute, and by the way, there are 20 of them, wow. uh, which was interesting working with 20 different people. It's like uh, hurting cats, isn't it? It's hurting well, cats. I'll let you say that. I'm not going to say that. But uh, pretty close. I mean, 20 different personalities. Everybody wonderful. I'm still alive. Nobody killed me. I think at one point it looked like I might have been killed. Uh, <laughs> but it gave people an opportunity to write, you know, to say, hey, I can do this. And, and what I'm really excited about is the number of individuals who have contributed who are now saying, you know, I'm going to write something else, whether it's for a journal, whether it's a book, whether it's a monograph, whatever, they now have the confidence to go off on their own and do it. And I think that's what a lot of people need. And that gives me a great deal of satisfaction to be able to help people to do that. It's a great way to cultivate new talent, new voices. And um, I don't want to say baby steps because there's more to it than baby level. But, you know, take those small steps that then gives you the encouragement to take something larger and larger. And I know that you guys have plans for uh, a more extensive publications uh, arm to the uh, Antietam Institute. Um, tell me how this book fits into that larger scheme and the opportunities that you're going to create for your folks. Certainly. So what happens is the Institute is thinking of having at least one publication, a book level publication every year. Uh, so this year, uh, well, I guess it was last year, extending into October of this year, is the Brigades of, of uh, Antietam. And we have a very talented uh, individual, you may know him, J uh, Jim Rosebrock, mm -hmm. who is, um, you know, passion, passion for artillery. Nobody knows Antietam artillery like him. So he is actually on his own writing a book that's going to be a companion book to this one. Uh, that's the artillery of Antietam. And initially, uh, when he started the project and we started the, the Brigade's book, uh, one of the issues to, to digress a bit is I get a lot of criticism about my Gettysburg book because it says Brigades of Gettysburg but it doesn't have anything in terms of artillery or cavalry. So we made sure there's cavalry in this one and we started thinking, okay, we'll include artillery, but the more, and Jim took all of those, as you can imagine, all those sure. entries. And the longer, the more he wrote and the longer the entries became, we started to say, you know, this is a separate book. Yeah. So he is now engaged in, in actually almost completing that book. I mean, the editorial process will, will go on after that. Uh, we're shooting for uh, an October release for that one. It's not going to be quite as thick as this one, uh, which is pretty thick, but it's still, it's going to be loaded with information on every um, battalion um, that fought at the, uh, at the battle. Well, not only those, but also those during the campaign. So for instance, Harper's Ferry, um, but there were a number of batteries at Harper's Ferry. He's going to cover those as well. So um, it's going to be a very nice companion piece. And then we're looking at, okay, well, what are we going to do in 2013? What, what am I saying? 2023. <laughs> uh, as editor you're a and you're looking backwards. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. And as Chris, as you know, um, 
these books take a while. And yeah. so we can't just simply turn around and say, okay, you're next and we need it in, in six months. So what we're planning on doing and trying, and by the way, I should mention that Kevin Pollack is the, um, he's the uh, chairperson of the publications committee. So he's in charge of all of this. Uh, and we're looking at ways that we can um, have a series, you know, so what are we going to come out with 2023? And why just one book per year, maybe several books per year? Um, so this will become a, a, a publishing arm and we've done it on our own. So we're, we're working with Ingram Spark. Mm -hmm. We're publishing, you know, they are the, a major distributor in the, across the world. And so they're printing, um, you know, if you go on Amazon or if you go on our website, you'll see that um, the books are available. You go into your bookstore. Um, I don't put a plug in, but I will for Civil War and More, which is in Mechanicsburg right near me. Uh, Jim just ordered um, 10 books and has already sold four of them. So, um, so th that's the plan books, not so much brigades of artillery of, it might be a compendium of essays, it might be a biography, but something relating to the campaign. And so we'll definitely have at least one of those every year coming out and quite possibly more than that. It's really nice to have that emphasis on, on scholarship for the battle and the campaign and the personalities where, you know, it's an, an explicit mission of the organization to forward that scholarship. Um, so I think that's really cool. And that, that ties into the journal you guys are doing too. Thank you. Because I don't want to forget that Kevin Pollack, who is not only the chair of the committee, he's also editor in chief of the, um, of the journal. So it comes out twice a year, uh, once in the spring and once in the fall. And it's about We've only had one, so although the second is being prepared for publication, each one's about 200 pages, uh, excuse me, about 100 pages. Uh, it has, uh, you know, some uh, groundbreaking scholarship. It will have a uh, book review, um, a interview of somebody who's a historian or someone of interest, um, an interesting place. So in other words, there's a variety of different sections within the book. It's not simply you know, article after article after article about the campaign. There's other kinds of things within that journal, which is really neat. And again, that comes out twice a year. Um, and so far, that's been that's been a real joy to read and to be involved with. Now, you talk about these great publications, and as I'm sitting here listening, I'm thinking, where can I get a hold of them? Um, I'm sure there are other people that are wondering that too. How can people, and, and I know that there's kind of like a little hook to this as well, but how can people get a hold of some of these publications you're doing? Um, the, I think the key is if you were to, uh, send an email to, um, um, you know, to the Institute, they would tell you what bookstores are stocking them, but more and more and more are stocking them. For instance, probably the easiest and the best place, if I can put a plug in is go to Antietam, to the Antietam battlefield, yeah. because you will see all of our books located there as well as other books. And while you're there, you might want to uh, take a tour, walk around the battlefield. Um, maybe not on a day like today where the high is going to be 24 here in Pennsylvania <laughs> uh, and certainly Antietam. But, you know, that's another way to do it. Uh, I'm not going to mention a major distributor who's the 800-pound gorilla who we all know of. Certainly, you can find them there as well. So, But more and more bookstores, um, Ramsey in um, Richmond, uh, there's... The um, 
there's one in Cashtown. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Just purchased oh, Rock, some books Rock, as well. Rock Top Books. That's it. Yep, yeah, They've just purchased movie. some some as well. So I think as time goes on, many of these smaller uh, bookstores are going to be purchasing them. And quite frankly, we need to be supporting them. So, I was going to uh, say, yeah, show up and ask for them. And if they're not carrying them, that's a good incentive for those people to order those books from you guys. Indeed. And the other is, and I have to contact them for the historian yeah. in, in Gettysburg. You know, it's it's sad how many bookstores there used to be, small independent bookstores, right. and how few there are right now. So if we can help support them, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Now, I mentioned a second ago that there is kind of a hook to this, too, because if people are members of the Antietam Institute, there's kind of an inside track there. Tell us about that. Yeah, certainly. What we're trying to do is the key is to promote membership. Uh, mem the most basic membership is 25 bucks a year. But we feel it's a stronger organization if we can have many members, even if they're mostly at the lower end, which is fine. Um, in, if you want to get a book right off the press, um, whether it was the Brigade's book or the journal, for the first three months, you must be a member to purchase the book and you get a discount. And at some memberships levels, like for instance, I believe it's $150 level or above, you get a free journal every uh, two free journals, you get free, uh, you get a free book, etc. But there are different levels and it, you know, like so many organizations, depending on what membership level, uh, there are other perks that go along with it. So that's, so after, like for instance, the brigades now of Antietam book, uh, because it, it's been out for more than three months, that's why it's been released to bookstores and other vendors. Uh, the journal also the same, um, but the, when the new journal comes out in the next couple months, that will only be available to members for the first three months again. And it's important to note that you guys are a 501c3, so uh, as a nonprofit, uh, membership money goes to help support the organization and the work that you guys do. It's not going into the uh, the Brad Gottfried Cigar Fund or the Kevin <laughs> Pollock Beer Pot or something like that. Um, you know, the work you guys are doing is really important, and so membership dollars help support what you guys are up to. Definitely, definitely. No question about it. Yeah. So thinking about some of the other organ, um, uh, the other activities you guys are up to, we talked about your publications, uh, but you guys are also sponsoring different uh, sorts of activities and, and things to do around the battlefield. Uh, yeah, about that. Certainly, that's it's exciting. In fact, that's my committee. I'm on the I chair of the program committee. I thought you chaired the I got drafted into talking on the <laughs> podcast committee. <laughs> Actually, talking to you, Chris, is always a delight. So they, I appreciate the opportunity. But, Thank you. <laughs> um, we have at least now two activities every year. Uh, in the spring is our symposium. It's a one day uh, symposium where uh, it's coming up this year on April 23rd. It's a Saturday. Uh, we have five speakers, dynamic speakers. I mean, we're talking about uh, Scott Hartwig. We're talking about um, uh, Tom Clemens, people of that nature. I mean, with stature, uh, five of those uh, presentations, lunch, and then a panel discussion of these five individuals after. And so that's on the 23rd. And we're trying to keep it reasonable. Um, that's $95. And then... Um, our big bahunka, so to speak, is in October. That is our annual conference. And that is, it starts on Friday, it runs through Saturday and Sunday afternoon. 
Uh, we've had one already, uh, very, very successful. We had, I believe, uh, almost 60 people attended. We thought if we can get 40, that's great. But to have so many, it was wonderful. Friday afternoon is, um, we have three speakers, uh, dinner, uh, and then on Saturday, we have two battlefield excursions. Now, we don't call them tours because we're trying to differentiate from what goes on at the battlefield. So they're battlefield excursions, and they tend to be very focused. Like, for instance, um, we're looking at, for instance, the one coming up on the artillery platform, the Confederate artillery platforms at Antietam. Now, most people have never been on Nicodemus Heights. I've never been on Nicodemus Heights. And that is a fantastic place where Jeb Stewart is gonna have about 15 cannon uh, that's gonna open fire on the first core very early in the morning as it becomes uh, daylight. Um, and so we're going to hopefully get up there to Real Ridge, Hauser's Ridge, um, you know, walking around like Anderson's division. Many people don't, you know, they know about Richard Anderson, but they don't know it's, it's, it's kind of like a lesser known activity, you know, coming through the Piper Farm, going into the Sunken Road. What did they do? We know about Rich um, George B. Anderson. We know about Robert Rhodes in the Sunken Road, uh, but we don't know as much about, you know, Richard Anderson's division, what it did there. And so these are three hour hikes, two of them. So we do one in the morning, we have lunch, we have a second one. Uh, we have a banquet on Saturday night with a keynote speaker. Last year, we had Dennis Fry, did a fantastic job. And then um, on Sunday, we have another battlefield uh, excursion. So there's three excursions. And what, what I like so much about it is that it's not just the diehard Antietam uh, aficionados. It's people who have a passing interest, you know, who wanna learn more about it. And so it's, it's, it, there's a wide range of people and what was interesting, Chris, is when we did the evaluations for the last uh, conference, what we got back was it was great. We loved everything, but we want more interactions. We want a better opportunity to talk about it. You know, we don't want to be spoken to. We want to be able to share what we know. We want to, you know, and so we're building that into this one. Uh, many more interactions and informal uh, reception. For after Friday night, there's going to be breakout sessions. Um, where people can go from one to another and interact with others. So it's, it's, it's not just learning about the campaign. It's also the ability to, or the opportunity for people to you know, interact who have this common interest. And we find that to be very, very important. So that's coming up in October. Actually, that's October 21 to, through 23rd this year. And what's, what's really nice is, you know, Antietam is a little isolated, as, as you know. Um, not like Fredericksburg, where there are so many stores <laughs> and places to stay. We have uh, some B&Bs in Sharpsburg. You know, there's Shepherdstown, there's Hagerstown, but, you know, it's not right there. Sure. I don't know if you've ever been to Shepherd Springs uh, Retreat Center, Chris, I'm but not, not, no. it's only about maybe three miles uh, north of the battlefield, and it's a retreat center. And so they have wonderful facilities. And this year, what we're doing is they have 24 rooms. And if people want to actually, you know, uh, book a room, they can do that at a reasonable rate. It includes the meals. And, um, you know, so they never have to leave uh, mm -hmm. late at night after dark to try to find their hotel room. It's right there. So that's going to be a, 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 an added plus as well. 
Nice, nice. So a chance to really kind of be there. And, and again, going back to that idea we talked about earlier of, of community, a, a community of, of folks to be able to, you know, talk about what they're experiencing there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, even, I mean, it's it sounds a little trite, but it, taking advantage even of meals, you mm-hmm. know, we'll have breakfast on Saturday and lunches, um, lunch on Saturday and dinners, two dinners, um, Saturday and Friday night. And actually having guides, having institute members at each table to have a, you know, to continue the conversation of, um, you know, whatever people want to talk about relating to the campaign. Uh, And if they don't want to talk about the campaign, that's fine too. Sure, sure. Now you said that you're characterizing the trips to the battlefield as excursions, as a way to separate that from what's going on at the battlefield. And I know that that many members of the Institute right now uh, are are battlefield guides out there. You want to talk a little bit about that sort of relationship and how, how the individuals in your group kind of circulate through the Antietam experience? Yeah. um, We have been very careful that the, the, for the, those who form the Institute, to keep it as separate as they can, as we can, from the park and from uh, the guides. And so if you look at the board, yes, the board of the Antietam Institute, the majority are um, Antietam battlefield guides because of their passion, but there's a significant number that are not. You know, they're just people who have an interest. And now on every committee, what we're trying to do is get not just Antietam Institute um, individual who are on the board, there are 15 board members, but to open it up to anybody who's interested. And so we want to make sure that it's differentiated, that there's not this merging of, um, you know, battlefield guides and the bookstore that runs it and the Institute. It's a completely separate organization. And we really have taken pains to try to keep it as separate as possible, including, as you mentioned, calling it a, not a tour, but an excursion. Or a hike, yeah, okay. or something relating to it. <laughs> but I think it's really cool that that so many of you who are passionate about Antietam um, have found this this vehicle for taking that passion to another level, and in, in, in a very focused sort of way, which I think is cool. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I think is really uh, interesting is the number of people who came, and a variety, as I mentioned, of different um, perspectives and and interest levels. But there are some who have a really strong uh, knowledge of the campaign. They don't want to be guides. You know, they just want to learn more. And I think that's wonderful that, that we have, we're really learning from each other. I mean, I go to these activities and I learn from people who have never written anything, um, but who have read extensively. And the conversations are, are really fascinating. And it, it, it's what, what I find really interesting and you know this as well as I have not certainly better, is so many people think history is old, you know, we know everything, um, but how often are our perspectives changing as new information is available? And Chris, you know that one of my passions are these map books, maps of X, Y, and Z, Gettysburg, Antietam, Fredericksburg, et cetera. I'm working on the maps of, as an aside, by the way, uh, maps of Second Bull Run, I'm having a heck of a time because all of the literature is very complex and very contradictory. And even the these experts are, I don't agree with them. And yeah. so it's fascinating trying to tease out what's happening. History is alive. It's well, it's dynamic, it's changing. 
And there's not just one way that things happened. And that's what's so exciting about, as you know better than I, just learning and, and teaching and, and studying history. Uh, yeah, teasing that out, doing the detective work is, is I think, just a fascinating part of the process. Uh, no question about it. And I have to put in a plug for your uh, your blog, your daily blog every morning. There it is, uh, blog <laughs> post. And some of, and they're all fascinating, but I really like the ones that are more investigative. You know, I, I know, for instance, Chris Bryan has done several on, um, well, I think one on Antietam, one on, on Cedar Mountain. And it's kind of interesting when you when you see that, wait a minute, wow, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. It is kind of fascinating. Yeah, I always love to be able to find a new way to look at something I think I know, because that helps me better understand and appreciate it. So. Indeed. Yeah, so that, that ties into another one of the main um, uh, initiatives of the Antietam Institute, and that is the online repository of resources that you guys are pulling together uh, so that these students of the battle and the battlefield um, have a place to go to tap into this collective body of knowledge that continues to grow. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So, right, I mean, boy, are we spoiled. When, when I think about 20, 25 years ago, when there was no Google, um, when there was no internet. And I remember when I did the Brigades of Gettysburg book, I would go to the War College and I would make copies, you know, I'd actually bring my copier with me. And I would copy uh, all of the, the pages of those regimental histories or, or memoirs because I couldn't afford to buy thousands of books that I was using, you know, for this, this book. And now so much is uh, online, but it's sort of scattered all over the place. And so what we're trying to do is have a repository where if you're interested in a unit or a person, um, maybe it's a letter, maybe it's a, a regimental diary or, or history, you can come to the, um, to the website, and I should say it's antietaminstitute.org, and you'll see a section that is this repository of information. And obviously it's growing, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna take a little while, but um, we wanna have diaries and letters and books and all kinds of things where rather than simply Googling and getting frustrated, we will be the go-to place for the Maryland campaign. And, and you mentioned earlier to me um, before we started that, that this is kind of supplemental to some online resources that already do exist. You're not trying to step on any toes that are out there. Yeah, I mean, the, one, of the, one of the resources that still surprised me is when I go on to Antietam on the, on the web. And, you know, there are other places like that you know, what is the one that um, uh, outside the crater or something that deals with the Petersburg campaign. Um, but there are these other places like, again, Antietam on the web uh, that have, I mean, I just am blown away by the number, the amount of information on individuals, on regiments, uh, on monuments that you can go and it's right there. But the key there is not so much scholarship and memoirs and the like. It's, it's to give you information about, uh, you know, a capsule information on a regiment, on a leader, on something of that nature. So it'll sort of stand beside that to supplement that. And, um, you know, I, I, I think the more robust it can be, uh, the site, the, um, 
the repository site, I think more people will come to it. Yeah. Um, and one of the other key things that you guys are up to, and I, I think this is, is both fascinating and crucial, now, as a 501c3, uh, you guys are a philanthropy, but you guys are also doing philanthropy. Right. Um, tell me how that ties into your overall mission, please. Yes. So as you mentioned, we're not trying to make money and, and, you know, we don't pay ourselves. We don't, we don't, we don't have a fancy uh, executive director. We have no executive director. Chris, um, Chris Vinson, who is the president, owns a B&B in, in Sharpsburg. And he does it because of the love for the, uh, the, the campaign. Um, so what we're trying to do is any additional monies that we, you know, that we generate, any money that we generate, obviously there needs to be a little bit of reserve. We want to give it away. And uh, this year, there were so many moving parts, you know, getting the journal ready and getting the, the, the um, programs underway. We didn't have a, a lot of opportunity to really reach out to historical entities to see what do you need how can we help you well that's what we're doing now we're reaching out to those that relate to the maryland campaign and so we can position ourselves so we can provide them with resources they need to do the kind of job that they want to do uh, because obviously there's never enough money so we have been uh donating we've actually made two nice donations to the uh to chef which is save historic antietam foundation uh, they purchased a map, a period map of Harper's Ferry. We contributed to that. And uh, many people may know, and I think there was a blog on Emerging Civil War on your site, Chris, that talked about the purchase of a piece of land right off of Harper's Ferry Road that is expensive. It's over an acre, but it's a seminal piece of land. They need help. Um, you know, purchasing the land. So we've given them a donation to that project. We're closely linked to Shepherd University. And we've hired or given an opportunity to a, a young man as an intern. Okay. So every year we'll have an intern, at least one from Shepherd University, you know, paying them a stipend to do that. And we're hoping this coming year to begin a scholarship for a student who's interested in the Civil War who's part of their you know, the Civil War Institute uh, to be able to support them financially. So I think the key is whether it's a museum in Boonesboro or Chef or Shepherd University, how can we help you? Because when people pay even, a, a, you know, the, the, the private level, $25, at least a portion of a big chunk of that money is going to go toward philanthropy. So they're not giving to us. They're, we're sort of the conduit that's going to give it out to the community to strengthen those resources. What a fantastic way to, uh, to partner and to really be part of the vibrancy of what's going on at the battlefield. So if people wanna get involved with the Antietam Institute, Brad, how would you suggest they go about doing that? The, the best way is to go onto our website, antietaminstitute.org, antietaminstitute.org, I didn't wanna slur the words. Um, and that will have all kinds of information. It'll talk about the publications. It'll talk about the programs. It'll tell you how to become a member. You can hit the repository that way. And every month it, or periodically, if you go back, it'll become more and more robust as time goes on. 
but AntietamInstitute.org would be the, the gateway in order to learn more about the, the organization and how to become a member. So I'm excited about what you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, I hope that you continue to grow and, and engage robustly with, I think, just a fascinating uh, component of the war. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Well, Brad, with thanks. your support, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> the rising tide lifts all boats. So I think <laughs> it's important for all of us to be helping each other. So, Definitely. Yeah. AntietamInstitute.org is the website. Brad Godfrey's my guest today. Brad, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Likewise. And we'll see you folks online and on the battlefield. And before we wrap up, just a quick thank you to our engineer, Jackson Mikowski, for his work behind the scenes, helping us sound better. I have a face made for radio, so Jackson has his work cut out for him there. <laughs> also, thanks to the Second South Carolina String Band. You can find them online at civilwarband.com. They provide the theme music for our program. And, of course, you can join us online at emergingcivilwar.com. Uh, more than 35 historians providing free content every day to help you stay connected with the story of America's defining event. We'd love to have you part of that conversation at emergingcivilwar.com. On behalf of Brad Gottfried and all of my colleagues at ECW, I'm Chris Mikowski. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you online and on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs>